The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we've got some news. Not a lot, but some. I actually want to start with the new, 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 New Mutants trailer. Which, no, the movie isn't out yet, but, and this is really weird, uh, and the reason I'm making it news, or considering it news... Uh, the, the new trailer actually does show some new footage. Yay, what a concept. Uh, including possibly cannonball flying, which is something we haven't seen yet, and I was curious to see how they would do, and it looks kind of weird, but I like it. But next week, at Comic-Con, there is a New Mutants panel where it is expected for them to announce, oh, we're just, you know, screw theaters. It's no, None of the theaters are going to open back up. Right. We're just going to release it on fill-in-the-blank network. <laughs> Someday. That's all we're waiting on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Disney Plus should have an opening since a couple of their much-anticipated projects have been pushed back. What so, hasn't been pushed back? Yeah. Well, I mean, these has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I mean, Falcon and the Winter Snowman, Winter Snowman. Wow, that would be a cool show. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's Olaf. early. Olaf. Wow. God, they could totally do that, too, because they own all of it. Everything. They, do. they own our souls at this point. Uh, that's been pushed back. Originally, it was slated earlier on. Then it was going to be August and even... Iger well, they, said it, just it a while ago. It wasn't that pushed it back completely. There was a, there was a freaking earthquake. Yeah. They've had some issues with, with with production. And even I think it was a month ago, Bob Iger had said that, oh, it's August. And now they've they haven't officially pushed it back, but they have released their August schedule and it ain't on the August schedule. It's not there. So, yeah. Um, but even worse, WandaVision apparently is being pushed back a little bit. And that's next year. So they're already talking about yeah. pushing that back a few months. So, uh You've got some some things that have to be put in an in an order, you know. Yes. So exactly. I'm thinking that you know exactly. one has to take place before the other. So that's kind of well, it's disappointing because early on the buzz was that they were they had finished or almost finished three episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they were going to release it in like two groups, three episodes, and then the other three when they finished. And now maybe that's not going to happen, or maybe it will, but. Ain't happening in August. So New Mutants nope. has been ready since like the early 70s. So throw it on, Disney. <laughs> Something like that. Like, my God, that show. And actually, you want to push it back even further. The the Well, not the New Mutants. That needs to come out and just so we can get it over with. Yes, exactly. The, uh, <laughs> it may be changed to the Winter Snowman because have you heard about all the crap with <laughs> Sebastian Stan? Please elucidate and illuminate. This, this, is, this is a bit ridiculous, I think. Uh, people are there's a petition floating around to have him fired because his girlfriend, not something he did, his girlfriend went to a costume party years ago, and that's where this picture comes from, dressed as a geisha. Now, I'm going to start with he didn't do anything, right? Um, the only thing he might have done that might be people aren't happy with is he blocked people on Twitter who were going after him and his girlfriend saying, how dare you uh, culturally appropriate this particular image? And they, they insist that he apologizes for her behavior. No, 
she should apologize if anyone should. It's mm -hmm. correct. Uh, so other than the fact that it wasn't him, uh, yeah. was she even, did they even know each other at that point? It doesn't matter if they did. Couldn't tell you. But if they didn't, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. When they were in the third grade, what? Mm -hmm. I, I dressed up as a samurai for a costume party uh, back in the late 80s, but it was as a specific samurai. It was as John Belushi. It was Saturday Night Fever Samurai. Right. So, Saturday. because Saturday it was Night all... Fever would be John Travolta. Yes, because I was all in white. See, there you go. Like, my, like my thing is, and this brought up another issue for me. What costumes are left for costume parties and or Halloween? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, uh, there's, ghosts there's, and zombies are insensitive to the undead. There's a world of difference between appropriating an image to mock a particular group of people and dressing up as a costume. Exactly. And people need to figure this crap out. Uh, that's just absolutely moronic. I mean, if Sebastian Stan had dressed up as a geisha, I was like, okay, so what? That would have been offensive to cross-dressers. <laughs> you know, it's like, stop with this bullshit. I mean, black, blackface, if you're doing it, you know, as part of a comedy sketch or something, and you're mocking the concept of people doing in blackface, you're mocking those <laughs> who are racist, okay? You're making a point. If you're doing that to mock African-Americans, or if you're doing whatever to mock another group of people, well, then you're in <laughs> and then you get what you deserve. Exactly. But let's just stop this. Actually, you know what? Let's see. Um... Something else that started mocking something that has not gone over. A lot of people said that this was going to be a good thing. I'm disagreeing. And I have a lot of people who agree with me that this is kind of a crap thing. Mm -hmm. um, Star Trek, the lower decks. Yes. I don't. Did you see the trailer for this? I've not seen the trailer. No. Okay. It, it's basically, about, but... uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's a cartoon not an animated series. There's a difference. This is a cartoon of what happens on Star Trek to the people who aren't on the bridge. Uh, it's, the, it's the engineers you don't know of. It's the sanitation guy on the... Uh, it's not even on the Enterprise. It's a different ship. But it looks a lot like Rick and Morty do Star Trek. <laughs> and it just looks bad. That's unfortunate. Um, I know, I, you know, I, I love Star Trek, but I'm going to pass on this one. Um, I have heard that from a number of people. In, you know, I'm going to mention uh, my friend. Well, he, he goes by Curzon, which is a hint. <laughs> uh, he, I think he has all the Trek uniforms. His house is littered with uh, Trek ships some that are from the show, some he's designed himself and built out of other model parts. Ah, that's very okay? cool. This is an industrial strength Trek fan. <laughs> and he's looked at this and gone, mm, no, that's a hint. I'm just thinking. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, it's not like it's going to, Trek is ever going to come back to its original home, which was on NBC, actually. It was on NBC. Uh, but that does not mean it's going to be part of the Peacock Network. There are some interesting things that are not part of the Peacock Network, and we'll, we'll <laughs> delve into that. So Peacock Network, in case you haven't heard, this is the new newest streaming service in the streaming wars. It does have an interesting twist. 
Uh, it has a tier that's completely free. Go to Peacock TV. That's all one word. Peacock TV, just the letters TV, like my initials. Yay, they named it for me. Dot com. And you can sign up and you can watch a lot of stuff for free. If you want to pay an extra $4.99 a month, though, you get a lot of stuff. You, like, you get their whole library. However, it is ad-supported. Like Hulu, there aren't many ads. And I watched a movie last night on Peacock to find out how many ads there were and how much time they took up. And 45 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, 45 seconds, 45 seconds. Five commercials. Only one was a minute long. That's not too bad. That's not bad. Yeah, and yeah, it's $5 a month, and you have to watch commercials, but it's not that big a deal for 5 bucks a month. That's really cheap compared to Netflix. If you don't want the ads, just like Hulu has their ad-free tier, you can pay $9.99, and all of Peacock is covered, no ads. So, excellent. Nicely done. Some of the good things about Peacock. Uh, Comcast owns NBC Universal. Universal movies. Ooh, like all the classic Universal monster movies. Yay. That's a, That's a very good thing. There's a lot of really good movies that Universal has put out over the almost century at this point, um, which is crazy. And they have a lot more than Universal. Um, and we'll get into some of the things that they don't have or even some of the things that they had and don't have anymore. That's, that's just it, funny. It just launched Wednesday, as a reminder. Now, that's, and in a way, that's not quite true because they did have a soft launch on Xfinity. So if you subscribe to Xfinity, you've been able to preview it for a couple months. So it has been out for a little longer for those people, which is half the planet probably. However, besides the point, uh, I'm not happy about some things. Law and Order, that's an NBC series. They only have eight seasons of Law and Order, the last eight. How many were there? Were what there, 500 there, seasons of that, wasn't it? 20 seasons at least of the original Law and Order. They have like three other iterations of Law and Order, but I want to see the ones with Lenny. Uh, what the hell? Why I, I understand, and the whole reason uh, that they with Jerry Orbach, things, right? Yeah, Jerry Orbach. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, as Rob raises his arms in triumph, as he should. Uh, I understand that there are licensing deals and you've already cut licensing deals with other companies and stuff like that. Okay, fine. It's like, buy it back. What the hell? Why are you letting someone else show Law & Order? And what is it? A&E Networks? Or what, who? I think, yeah, I was going to say A&E used to have them at least. You know, come on. It's like Law & Order, you don't have all of it. What the hell are you doing? You know, it's similar to exactly what we've seen with HBO. You know, and they're losing things. They put it on for a little bit, and then they lose it because they got other licensing deals for their own product. Ah, Jesus. Yes. Stop this crap. However, a couple interesting things about Peacock. By all means, if you're interested in subscribing, subscribe on an Android device. Yes. If, if you have an Android device, you get three months, three as in the numeral three as in the one after two, three months free of that $4.99 tier. It's a nine D-Day trial. Uh, that's kind of hard to beat. So you have three months to figure out if you like it and to see how many movies they lose because of their idiotic licensing ideas. We've got a list. Yes, they have a lot of things available, a lot of things available. Um, 
they are have angered some of their affiliates already. They had okay. a a Thirty Rock reunion special, um, but they decided to show it on the streaming service two hours before they were going to put it available on their network partners. Most of their network partners said, "The hell with that! We're not going to show debut a show that's two hours old." I don't know how many refused, but prior to the airing, um, the majority of NBC affiliates said they were not going to air I, <laughs> the I reunion it was, special. It ended up being around 10% of the NBC affiliates actually showed it. Yeah, that's not surprising because a lot of major groups said, nope, we're not going to do that. So <laughs> that's which is just, sad. Which is sad. One other odd thing about um, Peacock TV and HBO Max, not available on Roku, not available on a Fire Stick or Amazon Fire devices. That is about 60% of the streaming audience in the U.S. Which... <laughs> that, that's kind of crazy. Now, Peacock, I can kind of get the situation because Peacock is ad-supported to, to a large degree. Roku also sells ads. Uh, they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we hash out the the money? How do we split this revenue yeah. from the ads? I can kind of get that. HBO Max, I don't think is ad supported. It'd be kind of weird if it was. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what the issue is there. I mean, obviously it's money. I'm not sure of the specifics of it. So I can kind of see why Peacock isn't on for now. Hopefully it will be. But that's a big hit to your possibility to take on Netflix and Hulu when you've blocked yourself out of 60% of the of your potential market. That's and kind you, of crazy. And you started losing stuff. Can we go through the losing stuff list? Please do. Because uh, it's barely ridiculous. 24 hours after Peacock was switched on for the planet, Evan Almighty and Fast and Furious left. Which Evan Almighty, good riddance. But yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, not, a, not, a, not a great loss, I wouldn't think. It's an, um, it's it's an addition by subtraction, but still, he but just he, uh, <laughs> on July thirty first. Have you seen the list of leaving on July thirty first? Uh, it includes the original Jurassic Park trilogy, Shrek, The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, The Matrix trilogy, Children of Men, The Blair Witch Project, Joe, Frailty, Jonah Hex, because people love Jonah Hex. <laughs> um. Drive Angry, Spawn, and Parenthood. And they said there's probably going to be more. Oh. I'm like, wow. Okay. Those are those are some pretty heavy-hitting movies. Okay, not Jonah Hex. Um, and admittedly, I'm not sure which movie Joe is. But uh, there's more than a couple named Joe. So that's I'm, what I'm I'm just sure which one. Yeah. You could have narrowed that down by giving me a year to go with that list. but you know. <laughs> Exactly. I'm guessing the one with Nicolas Cage, because that's the most recent one, I, as far as I know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, the Jurassic Park trilogy. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a crowd puller. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and again, that's a universal product. Yeah. Who owns Peacock? NBC Universal. Who owns NBC Universal? Comcast. It's like, what? What? How did you screw that up? <laughs> really? It'll probably be on Disney Plus because, you know, why not? Well, actually, see that there's a good segue for uh, a little bit of Disney news. Not not a whole lot this week. Uh, but they ver 
they, they didn't really announce this. They just kind of verified two of their upcoming <clears throat> live action, he says in Bunny Rabbit quotes, uh, movies forthcoming. Bambi, in which there were, you know, like The Lion King, I don't recall any humans in Bambi. Um, Man, as well as, and, and this one is kind of weird, they're remaking Robin Hood. Not the Kevin Costner version, not the Sean Connery version, not the... Fox, the the uh, Fox and Bear version. The Fox and Bear version. Because God knows... It's live action, because it's fucking not. Yeah. Can we stop remaking Robin, Robin Hood? Can we put a moratorium on it for like five years, maybe? It's like, Jesus. <sighs> Starring Karen Edgerton as the snake. No, don't. Yeah. Yeah. And at the very least, if you're going to remake it, at least try to do better than the version that came out in 19 freaking 38, because they haven't done better since then yet. And it's like, just gather your thoughts. <laughs> God, no, we don't need a remake of the animated version of Robin Hood. Well, how's this? There's another remake that I heard is coming, but it's not coming to a theater near you. Well, that's not good. a movie theater anyway. It's coming to a stage. Uh, there's a Lost Boys musical coming, <laughs> and this is this is not Peter Pan's Lost Boys. This is no. Kiefer Sutherland's Lost Boys. Um, and some uh, some casting has already been done, like J D. McCrary, who voiced uh, Simba in the aforementioned Lion King remake. He's apparently playing Laddie, who was the. Uh, if you don't remember the movie, he was the kid, the little kid who was the vampire. Okay. And uh, Max, the guy who owned the video store. I'm not going to get yeah. any spoilers for that. Uh, Malcolm McDowell. I like that. I'm just trying to picture him singing and it's not working in my head. I'm sure he can. It, it's kind of like the Rutger Hauer thing when you find out he did musicals and you go, huh? Not Rutger Hauer. Who am I thinking of? Anybody who can't sing? The guy with <laughs> the voice and the thing and the cowbell. Who the hell am I thinking of? <laughs> the voice and the cowbell? The was cow in the Batman movie as Max Shrek. Cannot remember his yes. name. Who the fuck am I thinking of? I don't know. You're going to have to edit this part out. I totally I know. know. I totally know. But I'm just going to let it simmer because it's fun. Yeah. Thanks. Christopher Walken. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Son of a <laughs> Yes, Christopher Walken. Uh, I picture Malcolm McDowell would be more of a croaker than a singer. Not as I'm dying, but, you know, um, who knows? Maybe he has a lovely voice. He might. I don't know. Not that it matters, because we've heard Ryan Gosling sing in a musical, and I don't want to hear that again. Yeah, no, we, no, we don't. Speaking of things we don't want to see again, I'm actually going to go... Not not exactly do a review this week. I'm going to do a potential preview using Ooh. a review of something we didn't like. Ooh. Except there are things of it that we should like because they should be doing it this way. Yes. Ha have I confused everyone yet? Okay, good. Yeah. Stop eating your microphone. <laughs> I think we pretty much all know that once the... Uh, Fox Disney merger thing happened. 
we're finally going to get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. The way they should have in the first place. Yes. Now, something I, I did recently was I went back and read some of the original Fantastic Four books. Like yes. the first one. And uh, some of the Stan Lee comments that went with it. Because I got I don't have the original books. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got reprints with, here, have some background information on it. And it occurred to me why they did the origin story they did in the fan four stick movie <laughs> that Fox did. That was fairly abysmal, but it had a few good bits in it. Uh, namely the retooling of the origin story, which makes sense uh, today because when it was originally done and you can back me up on this, you were there ish. I was um, the original <laughs> Fantastic Four got their abilities by being uh, shot into space in a rocket where they were attacked by a cosmic storm or yes. whatever you happens to storms. <clears throat> and it gave them their special abilities. And back then it kind of made sense, but it doesn't really work anymore because back then we hadn't gone to the moon or anything yet. And we didn't really know how space works because we hadn't been there yet. True. And now we found out it doesn't work that way. We're kind of, and I think some of us are a bit disappointed. So <laughs> having the new origin story with multidimensional energies creating the team, I think that does work. That's a and good it, way to update it. Just don't have Doom involved because he wasn't there. Right. And it also makes perfect sense because they've set up the existence of a multiverse. Ta-da. And this completely explains why we haven't seen the Fantastic Family to this point, or the X-Men. Yeah, I think that's where they're going to go with it. Which and... makes way too much sense not to do. So I'm, And Marvel has been pretty smart about the way they use their properties, <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure that this is how they would approach it. Because there's a million things you can do with that. Oh, yeah. Regardless. Including having the Mole Man be the first bad guy instead of Doctor Doom, because Doom Which was be not the baddie. No, he was not. They need to set up Doom. They need to treat Doom properly. He needs to be, well, there are others that could be the new big baddie like Thanos was, but Doom would be an excellent choice for that. There, there are rumors that Doom is going to be the next big baddie, and I think he should get his own, he, he's got a really rich background story. Oh, yeah. They could completely do a Doom movie. You know, unlike a Thanos movie. But, uh yeah, the the whole the way they set up the Fan Forstick movie hmm. was a good setup. Uh, do not make Doctor Doom look like that. Yeah, it's... ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting that they have not been able. They've been th three movies so far, and they've not made Doom look like Doom. Oh, I apologize. There've been four. I know Foe. there have been four. Oh, that first <laughs> one he looked worse than the other three, though. Yeah. Um... The the Harvey Corman version. <laughs> yes, I know I did that on purpose. That one I did on purpose. Might as well be the Harvey Corman version. Um, yeah, Roger Corman has done some good work, and not that one. That was not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apart from Doom, uh, I, I think really uh, the Fanforstic movie could have worked if you leave Doom out of it and do something else for your baddie and get Ben Grimm some pants. Yeah, that was that was unsettling. 
Um, I don't want to see his Rocky bits ever again. No, but I mean, the rest of it, uh, the effects for the fan four stick was actually, they were actually pretty good. Uh, Reed looked a bit plastically plasticky in places, but it's CG. It's always going to look like that. Right. Um, and I think that 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 would be a great way to incorporate them into the MCU is to use the multi-dimension stuff. Uh, give if you're going to do an origin story, do it like this. You don't need to send them into space and make sure Doom isn't there. And I'm going to say this again: for God's sake, get Ben some pants. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and then this is one of these issues where we are never going to see the director's cut of that because allegedly. Because Ben Grimm was wearing pants in those. Yeah. I mean, allegedly, Josh Trank, he's the director, and he came off. Of, he was a pretty hot property at the time, and hopefully his career isn't over forever because of that. Um, did Chronicle, which was a pretty damn good movie. That was a good movie. Which is why he got the the gig for this. I thought it was Barbershop. Shop. From what, he, <laughs> from what he said over and over and over, uh, the studio absolutely gutted his concept. So there's not much in the movie that he wanted to do and probably never even got filmed. So that's not ever going to happen. So then again, he did Capone, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is really awful. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Cap one. No, that's not it. It's yeah, that would, I would watch cap one. That would be fun. Not anyway. the movie we got. Actually, you did watch a couple things this week that uh, I did by default were better things. than the Fan Four Stick movie. Uh, yes, um, <laughs> much better, much better. Okay, so I watched something that is extremely popular and everybody knows about. So I'm going to talk about the other one first. Uh, I've mentioned the Criterion Channel before. It's another one of those streaming services. It's definitely a niche product because it specializes in classic films, art house films, international films. To me, totally worth $9.99 a month, which the Peacock TV thing would not be worth because I'll put up with the ads for five bucks. I watched a film called Seconds. This came out in 1966. It is, I would say, kind of a soft sci-fi movie. Um, I was afraid you would say soft porn. Well, there are a couple scenes in it, actually, now that you mention Ooh, hello. it, which is interesting. So the concept of Seconds is a middle-aged guy he's just kind of tired of life and you know he's just kind of settled into this really crappy rut and he just needs something so he gets a phone call one night one evening uh, from a friend of his who he thought was dead and his friend tells him okay hey uh, i know you're not really happy so you need to go to this place so he goes to this place it's a meatpacking plant it's like what the hell and they say, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, come with me because they know that what he's there for. So he goes and he talks in, to these guys. So what they are selling is a second chance, hence the term seconds. Um, so he decides, okay, this is worth $30,000. This is 1966, so a lot of money. Uh, so he decides, okay, I'm in for it. You're going to change my identity. I'm going to have a whole new life. I can restart. So they do this extensive plastic surgery. They uh, put him through, through physical therapy. They actually changed his larynx, so he's, his voice is completely different. So he turns from character actor John Randolph, which you, no one will recognize the name, I'm sure, but the character actor you've probably seen in like 
30 movies, into Rock Hudson, which is a name that most people will recognize. Uh, yeah, he got the upgrade. Um, Rock Hudson was usually just in light comic films, very personable, pretty damn, pretty good actor for what he was doing. He's excellent in this film because this is a really serious role. Um, <clears throat> so he has his new life. They set him up as an artist because under hypnosis, they had figured out that what he really wanted to do is be an artist. And of course, it's like, okay, how does someone just become an artist? And he is asking them that. And it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll set you up. We'll have all these paintings we've had made for you. We're going to give you a few years worth and why you can practice and, and, and become better and better. And eventually, of course, your style is going to change. Your style will evolve because that's how artists work usually. And by then, you'll be able to do it on your own. He says, okay, cool. So he's settled into his new life. He's still just kind of... Not sure about the whole concept. He's got a little bit of guilt because after all, he did abandon his wife, uh, his daughter, no contact. Uh, but overall, he's happier. But things start to get kind of strange. He gets involved with some neighbors finally, with particularly one really interesting young lady. Um, he goes to a party with her. The party, and this is a really key moment in the movie, the party just turns into this wild bacchanalia, like literally because they have this huge vat where they're stomping grapes and they're all naked. And they're naked. There's lots of full frontal nudity in this scene that goes on for like maybe 10 minutes. 1966, pretty interesting that they did this. <sighs> and he is very, he's like, uh, come on, no, 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 get out of there, no, 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 because he's still this middle-aged guy. They didn't change his brain. He still has all of his concepts so he's still he's not not changing and finally he gets dragged into it and he finally gets drunk and then he gets convinced he's like okay, i'm gonna throw a party he has this wild party where he kind of spills the beans a little bit it turns out the neighborhood he's in is full of people who have had their second chances and he just realizes that yeah maybe this wasn't the right thing so then he goes back to the organization that set him up and i'm not going to say any more about what happens from that point but this is probably Rock Hudson's best performance because there's a lot of depth to this. Because you have to remember, he's not playing the suave, debonair Rock Hudson. He's playing the old guy. And the old guy is hilarious because the old middle-aged man is 51. Because um, since I'm considerably past that, <laughs> it's really funny to see that they chose this actor. And maybe the actor was in his 50s at the point, but he looks like he's about 70. And he acts like it. And, of course, we all know people who they act like they're a thousand years old and they're in their 20s. Well, he was one of these guys. But that's what makes this really interesting is that Rock Hudson is able to play that character. Uh, you know, this guy who's just kind of beaten down and world weary. And he has this second chance and he's not really able to enjoy it and take it. Um, so it's a really cool character study. It's a really interesting science fiction concept. Uh, the director of this is John Frankenheimer. Uh, this is an early film for Frankenheimer. He has mm, done a few movies like the original Manchurian Candidate, the Birdman of Alcatraz movie Grand Prix, which is probably the best <clears throat> racing movie ever. I Walked the Line, and yes, that's a Johnny Cash movie. Um, done some kind of cool stuff. Black Sunday. Uh Guy has done a lot of really interesting, amazing movies. Ronin, which not one of my favorite movies, but a lot of people love Ronin, the action thriller with 
Uh, Bob De Niro. So Frankenheimer is excellent, excellent. And he's been around for a long, long time. And this is definitely one of his best movies. Not that well known. And I don't know if you can find it anywhere outside of the Criterion channel. I'm sure you can buy it. But it's definitely worth the time to find this because it's absolutely one of Frankenheimer's best movies and one of Rod Hudson's best movies. Uh, one of the things I like about Criterion Channel is they have lots of little add-ins and lead-ins, and there's like a 15-minute intro, which you don't have to watch, but if you want to, you can, uh, by Alec Baldwin talking about the movie, talking about Hudson's performance, talking about Frankenheimer, that he got to actually work with Frankenheimer once, and really interesting stuff. Baldwin, whether you agree with his politics or his shenanigans, is a very thoughtful, intelligent guy. Uh, really interesting to hear him talk about acting. So. Absolutely recommend Seconds. Which I, I just looked this up. It's on YouTube, Google Play, Amazon Prime, all for $2.99, and iTunes for $3.99 because Apple stuff is unnecessarily expensive. Almost always it's a dollar more on Apple. Isn't that crazy? Weird. But our phones are so beautiful and they're gold-plated. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, really. True that. Kind of like the second thing you watched, which I think is gold-plated by now. It is gold-plated. It even has a little gold star on the logo. Ooh. So I watched this a while ago, as in two days after it premiered on Disney Plus, another streaming service, because oh, oh, ain't nobody going to the movies. Hang on a minute. Forgot one thing. The name of your character in seconds. The name of the character in seconds. The name of your main character, played by John Randolph and Rock Hudson. And I can't... It's foreshadowing... Uh, the, oh, Look that's right at it. See, this right. is, I'm going back to the going back to the Christopher Walken thing. And I'm, yes. I'm doing this back to you. Uh, his it name is, was Arthur Hamilton. It is Mr. Hamilton. And also in the film is Murray Hamilton, who played the mayor in Jaws. So there you go. There we go. It's a double Hamilton. Foreshadowing. And I'm going to go back just for a moment. Also stars Kai D. And I'm sure I'm butchering the name. Uh, if you've ever seen the original mentoring candidate, the mastermind of the Chinese intelligence agency who brainwashed everybody. He also showed up in Hawaii Five O as as the arch villain of the the original Hawaii Five O series from the sixties. Whoa, fat guy is a brilliant actor. He's like one of my favorite character actors ever. Guy's just amazing. Anyway, on to Hamilton, not the Antiochus Antiochus Tony Hamilton, who was the character in Seconds. We're talking about Alexander. Uh, oddly enough to me, this movie has come under a lot of attack recently because people are complaining as, oh, well, he owns slaves and it's not quite historically accurate. And it's like, it's not a documentary. Can we please let go of that kind of crap <sighs> for the millionth time? Uh, if this was supposed to be a documentary, okay, then your points are valid. It's not. So calm down. I don't know. I thought people broke into song all the time back then. Yeah, they did, obviously. So a musical, a extremely well-known musical, which has won practically every award it possibly could have won. It's been like the biggest theatrical hit for a few years. Well, they decided to film a couple of the performances a couple years ago. So it has the original cast. They even actually had to swap out the actor who played King George because the original actor left after the first uh, season of performances. They brought him back for these two shows, which I guess made the guy who took over his role a little upset, but whatever. Um, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the book, wrote the songs, and he is the star of the show. It is, and if somehow you don't know, uh, it's the story of Alexander Hamilton, of course, who was a, one of the leading figures of the early days of the United States, basically designed our financial system. And this is told via hip hop and jazz. And it's amazing and in the fact that it works. It just doesn't seem like how could you possibly make a hip hop version of a biography of one of the founding fathers is like, what the hell are you doing? Absolutely, totally works. This is how you can make a musical that works as opposed to Cats. This is the anti-Cats. This is so <laughs> much better than Cats. Jesus, it's unbelievably better. One thing that makes it better, the source material, because it's a far better play, uh, because this actually has a plot. Imagine that. Concept. Um, has better songs overall. Uh, the one song cast that's worth a damn is the one that they screwed up in the film version by not showing the singer and overblowing, overdoing the orchestra so you can't even hear her sing at the end, basically. So, so much for that. As long uh, as it does better than that first song in Cats, that doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Well, most of the songs in Cats don't rhyme. That's how that cat that goes. Go. The dancing is excellent. The acting is excellent because, yes, they are doing a play and they are acting. They just happen to have songs in the middle of it, so unlike Cats, which have, probably has three minutes of acting in it, if any. Um, it, the way they stage this is absolutely brilliant because, again, these were live performances, two live performances. Uh, they do cut in for close-ups because they also filmed those scenes separately in, to an empty house. So they could do the close-ups. They could do exactly what they wanted. And it's so you really get a feel for seeing the play live because you hear the audience reaction. And it's a huge difference from sitting at home, no matter how great your home theater is, and watching a movie and being at the movie theater because you're part of the audience. You get that vibe from when the audience goes <gasps> at a horror movie or when Cap gets the hammer or whatever the audience reaction is. That's part I, of the I actually watched the, uh, there's a YouTube clip of when uh, Cap gets, gets Mjolnir in, uh, in Endgame and you get, uh, there's several different, listen to the crowd reaction and yeah, the crowd, yeah. all of them are just. Oh yeah. I've watched really that, good. I've watched that clip several uh, clips several times. But yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's an experience. And that's yeah. what you get with Hamilton. When the crowd reacts to the songs, it's, it's, it changes the experience. So it's kind of a group experience, which is really cool, which is one of the reasons that this was extremely smart to film the play instead of turn it into a movie because it, then you've changed it. You've changed the experience entirely. Uh, right. If you're not aware, this starts out with Hamilton just discusses his early life from growing up as an immigrant and coming to the United States and his drive to succeed. Uh, Aaron Burr, of course, is his is well, maybe not, of course, but Aaron Burr is the nemesis that runs throughout uh, the play. Washington is in it like George, you know, like that dude. Uh, everyone in this movie is absolutely terrific the acting is fantastic the singing is great the rap is and i've seen several people say okay so i had to watch it three times so i could understand what this person was saying because it's so fast uh so the the rap is 
tremendous. Uh, and even if you're not a fan of rap, you probably will be now because it's just, it's an art form unto itself. Yep. You know, it's just a different style of performance because, and it is lots of singing for those of you who want to hear songs. So um, it's just a tremendous entertainment, two hours and 40 minutes long. So you're going to be sitting down for a little bit. Uh, there is an intermission because it's a play. So there is an intermission. So you can run and get your Coke or take your potty break, just like they did at the Richard Rogers Theater. Um, I'm just going to stop talking about it because otherwise I could be talking about it for another hour. Hamilton, <laughs> literally the easiest way to, to talk about it, it's the anti-cats. As awful as cats is, as many mistakes as they made with cats, which are near endless, Hamilton did everything right. Absolutely great movie. Apparently, from what I've read, and I didn't read much into it, but apparently this would not be eligible for the Oscars. Um, I guess because it's not been shown in the theater, which it's kind of soon to say, because 2020 ain't over, kids. Um, but that would just be another feather in its, in its cap. Because like I said, it's won virtually every award it's been possible, has been eligible for. So highly, 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 like maybe, yeah, so far, I think this is the best movie of the year. And it's early. There have not been a lot of movies out. We know that. But I'm talking about all movies, all releases, because we all know there's not many places you can go see a movie now. But this is just an absolutely great movie. Awesome. I can go to the living room and watch a movie. Yes. That's, that's about it. And you should. But it's just an awesome. And I try not to oversell movies usually because... You know, if you build expectations too high and then you think, well, that was good. And then you say, wow, that guy was an idiot. Like, okay, maybe I'm an idiot, but I cannot imagine not liking Hamilton. Which gives me something to do this afternoon. There you go. Uh, let's very briefly, IMDB, which has really good ratings because this is the people who actually watched it. It scored a 9.0. Hardly any movies get in the nines on IMDB. That's 23,000 yeah. people. And you got to remember, this thing has been out for like two weeks. Uh, the Metascore, which again is better than Rotten Tomatoes because this is weighted better. Rotten Tomatoes is just, did you like it or not? That's all the percentage is. Metascore is a 90 from the critics. So yeah, people like this and for good reason. Anyway. That sounds like the end of a show to me. <sighs> Possibly. Um, so I will. we will leave you with this. Uh, the outside world is still not quite safe enough to traverse without protection, no matter what the governor of Georgia says. <laughs> we'll get into that in another show. It's yes, called the Nikki X Happy Hour. It came out yesterday. Go listen to it. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to wear your mask. And if at all possible, stay home and watch a movie. <laughs> Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed! Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Who the f*** am I thinking of? I don't know, you're going to have to edit this part out.